10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. All right, everyone. Hello and welcome to Restore Freedom Weekly. This is Season 2, Episode 14. I'm Constitutional Attorney Catherine Henry, and this is Liberty Lori. And today we have uh, a very important topic to discuss with you. And I do believe we're going to be bringing in a special guest shortly. Um, but, uh, oh, there is uh, another important person joining us, at least in the chat on YouTube. That is Mr. Henry, um, Mr. Catherine Henry, as many uh, people joke around with him about. Uh, but uh, anyway, uh, thanks for joining us today, everyone. And um, uh, we're going to go ahead and get started. And I'll just wait for, uh, or I'll, I'll lean on Lori to let me know when our special guest has come in backstage, if I don't happen to notice myself. Hello to the oh, Liberty 15 Caucus. minutes. 15 minutes. Okay, good. Um, hello to the Liberty Cause and uh, to all the rest of you joining us today on our various um, nine of you. All right. Um, thank you to Lightning Dave on YouTube, who's apparently hanging out with nine freedom fighters joining us today. So that's awesome. All right. So uh, today's topic uh, would be the five most common pretrial motions. And hello to Susan on YouTube. Uh, let's see, bear with me here because I'm trying this a new way than I usually do it. So um, our technology now allows us to download, upload, blah, blah, all kinds of fun, different stuff here. So we're trying it a different way. Um, all right. And uh, hello to the rest of you that are continuing to join us on YouTube, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and Rumble. Um, all right. So the five, uh, wow, why does that look weird? Okay. I'm not sure what's going on there, but anyway, that's not what it looks like on my end. Uh, anyway, the five most common pretrial motions is what we're going to talk about today and why. Well, are you representing yourself in court? Maybe you have an attorney, but you just don't have a lot of faith in your attorney. Hopefully we're not going to get on one of those bar attorney discussions today, but uh, at any rate, you still might not have faith in your attorney. I don't have faith in most attorneys, and I am an attorney, and I've been an attorney for many years in several jurisdictions. Most attorneys suck. All right, so with that being said, we are continuing um, with our series on self-representation in court, and so we want to enable you to continue learning about all of these important topics so that whether it's something that you are taking to court in terms of a civil case or you're responding because all of a sudden you're facing some sort of administrative or criminal charges, we want you to be able to handle that. Um, yes, and John on YouTube is reminding us all to smash that like button and of course uh, share if you're on Facebook or you know the social media platforms that allow that and uh, subscribe, hit the notifications button as well. Uh, you know, in a couple of years or so, when I get a little bit more free time, I may even get fancy and have that little, you know, click button that shows up in some YouTube videos. So you see what buttons I'm talking about if you're new to YouTube yourself. Um, at any rate, um, 
the I am worried that this is gonna this PowerPoint might look really crappy because like I said, it's a new way of doing it. So it actually converted it out of a Google Slides format and into Microsoft. Sorry, I swore at you guys today. I know it's a little early in the day to start swearing like that. But anyway, I think that's why it does look bad on, on the screen here. But anyway, just hang in there with me. Hopefully the rest of it will be fine. And I won't use this method for the Constitution segment recap that we'll have on Thursday. Uh, all right. So we are continuing that uh, series on self-representation. Uh, again, today going over the five most common pre-trial motions, so before your trial, and that's, you know, whether your case is civil or criminal, this information will help you to be best prepared for trial or to avoid having trial if that is your goal. So um, I'm going to throw on there a comment from Troublemaker, excuse me, the Liberty Cause. Um, he agrees that uh, most attorneys suck. There are a few who actually care about the Constitution. Dare I say, a few that it actually can spell the word Constitution. And with that, we are moving on. Oh, no. No, no. This looks insane. Okay, guys, hang in there with me. Uh, Lori, does that look as crappy to you as it does to me? Yes, it does. Oh, okay, this is... We're leaving that. Very disappointing. Oh, I don't know if it's the, the streaming software or Microsoft, but uh, I'll blame Microsoft. So, all right, I will, I have the other one already. I will just go back in that. All right, here we go. Something that's going to work a little bit better. Oops. As I try to resize. Here. I guess it does go bigger. Because if you needed to kick me out, I could interrupt you when our guest comes Okay. to make it bigger. Um, well, yeah, I get, no, nah, nah, we'll leave you in for now. We know how much you hate it, so we'll punish you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Bill Gates is the root of all things evil, says our friend. Because, uh, yes, and I'm working on a Windows computer, so, you know, I think I made it mad when I said that Microsoft was the cause of all the problems uh, in doing the slideshow the other way. Anyway, all right, now I'm clicking in the wrong spot though. See, look at that slide. It looks so much better, doesn't it? And definitely this one looks better. So uh, this week, uh, as always on Tuesday, true or false question at 10 a.m. is posted. Again, we've narrowed down to just YouTube community and uh, Telegram channels. That would be t.me slash restore freedom or youtube.com slash restore freedom and you will get to our YouTube or Telegram channels. Um, and so today's question, you can still go on there and answer anytime between now and 10 p.m. tonight when the answer is posted. Um, motions to dismiss or motions in limine, motions to compel, to quash a subpoena. And for a more definite statement, are common pretrial motions in both civil and criminal cases, true or false. Uh, so make sure to check that out and answer that question on Telegram or YouTube. All right, so we're going to start with the motion to dismiss. Uh, then we're going to talk about the motion to suppress and a motion in limine, uh, talking about then a motion for discovery uh, and the sister motion, a motion to compel discovery. A motion to quash a subpoena would be next. 
And uh, kind of a sister motion or analogous motion is a motion for a protective order. And then a motion for a more definite statement. Again, this is not, I mean, shoot, if you're an attorney and you just want to learn more about motion practice or trial practice, by all means, you are more than welcome to join us today and uh, even join in the discussion. But this is really meant to give you guys who are not attorneys the essential knowledge so that, let's put it this way, let's say you you are lucky enough that you never find yourself having to go to court for anything. Well, first of all, then I'm going to tell you you're not doing enough freedom activism if you've never gone into court. Uh, but uh, let's say you are in that kind of scenario, you just make it all the way through life, you never have to go to court yourself. And, uh, and you're thinking, well, gosh, I just, I don't know when to use this or would this even be necessary for me to know? Well, let's think of, of uh, the most famous person probably at this point in the entire world. Anybody got any names? Lori, you got any suggestions? Who, who can you think of a name, a famous name that comes up to the top of your head that's in the news frequently? Hmm, does it start with a T? It sure does. It happens to be someone <laughs> who also lives in the state of Florida now, uh, Mr. Trump himself. And uh, so President Trump is uh, in the news a lot for what? Well, one of the things he's been in the news for a lot would be all the court cases. We started hearing about stuff with Rudy Giuliani in 2020. We started hearing from Sidney Powell in 2020. We had cases in all different states, uh, state courts and federal courts. We have criminal cases now, uh, cases in Florida, cases in New York, cases all over the country involving just the one guy. And let's face it, you it's in the news. So you're like, oh, I guess I, I kind of want to at least know what's going on with that. How, how much better would it be for you to understand what's going on if they mention a certain kind of motion uh, that, uh, or even, oh gosh, Lori, who are the people... Um, that put out the 2000 mules uh, video, they were um, arrested, uh, thrown in jail. Um, can't think of their You're name. making me think too hard. I'm sure some of you might know. Anyway, they found Speak themselves up, guys. illegally put in jail during the course of their case. And I believe it was a civil case in the first place. Um, at any rate, they filed motions and it was the successful motion practice that ended up getting them released and so some of those very concepts are things that we're going to be talking about today. So again, even if you never end up in court yourself, this is information that will help you understand, uh, you know, as cases are talked about in the media and other freedom fighters uh, are going through, you know, various court cases, what's happening. Um, let's see. True the Vote. Yeah, that's that's the name of the organization. I just couldn't remember. I can't remember the blonde. There's a blonde lady. And then, anyway, uh, maybe we'll have Danette D'Souza on as a, as a special guest, and he can fill us in on the names. No, I'm just kidding. He's definitely not our special guest today. Um, we have somebody way cooler than D'Souza. Yes. All right. So the first one is motion to dismiss. Um, well, D'Souza, <laughs> somebody on Facebook, David, thank you. D'Souza is the one that worked with her, but he wasn't jailed. He talked about um, her being thrown in jail, and I don't know. I don't remember if it was her her and her husband or her and her partner withdrew the vote. I can't even remember the details. I posted about it, um, but there's been a lot going on in the last several months. And so I just, that's information my brain has decided not to retain. All right. So the first one is a motion to dismiss. Now I'm going to tell you right up, right off the bat. Well, first of all, what is it? It's pretty obvious, right? A motion for the, the court to throw out the case. 
Yes, thank you. Um, wow, and leave it to Mr. Catherine Henry. No, uh, leave it to Mike Henry <laughs> to um, give us the answer. Catherine Engelbright. It's probably why I didn't remember it because she spells her first name wrong and then the last name. Mm -hmm. I don't know how to spell that uh, by themselves without having to copy and paste. Anyway, um, okay, so. Um, it, this is officially the Black's Law Dictionary would describe a motion to dismiss as a request that the court dismiss the case because now there's been a settlement or because there's the plaintiff wants to voluntarily withdraw. In, <clears throat> excuse me. In Michigan court rules, you actually wouldn't do a, a voluntary dismissal under, um, you know, it'd be a different court rule, which I didn't cite here, but uh, I think that one's like 2.504 maybe for, an, for a voluntary dismissal. But at any rate, um, or the biggest one is there's a procedural defect and you want the case dismissed. Maybe you're the defendant in a criminal case. Maybe you're the defendant in a civil case. Regardless, uh, maybe, maybe it's the city trying to bring um, you know, illegal or unconstitutional action against you in a special magistrate hearing. You might start off with a motion to dismiss. All right, sometimes it's called a motion to dismiss. Sometimes, like in Michigan, it's called a motion for summary judgment. Uh, so just keep some of those terms in mind. So what are some of the reasons that you can file uh, a motion to dismiss? Well, number one, the court lacks jurisdiction over the person or the property. The easiest example, let's say the state of California wants to um, exercise jurisdiction over me. So somebody that lives in California decided that they, uh, I don't know, they don't like me, okay? And they um, they don't like how I'm using my my real estate, my house for some reason. They, they don't like my fence. I mean, I actually have a Karen, I mean, a neighbor like that here. But let's say, let's say she moves to California and she still doesn't like my fence. So she brings a case into California court and says, I want to bring her into court because I'm going to sue her over her fence. Well, California has no jurisdiction over me because I'm not there and my property isn't there. So the court has no jurisdiction, no personal jurisdiction over me. So um, next one, process issued in the action was insufficient. So that's the, the kind of case it is. So for example, I know this stuff can be totally boring and overwhelming, but Think about it this way. Uh, many of you know about my Allegan County uh, um, election day case from 2020 when I was violently arrested by three deputies because I showed up to be the attorney for people who were circulating a petition lawfully uh, at uh, a polling precinct in Michigan, election day 2020. Uh, the officer actually wrote me a ticket initially, the ticket that was filed in court and everything was filed as a civil infraction for trespassing. Why would that be relevant here? Well, the process was insufficient. What does that mean? There is no civil infraction for trespassing. You can file a civil lawsuit as a plaintiff, uh, you know, over, you know, somebody that, that's trespassing on your land, like say, oh, I don't know, Janet Bruce from the city of Ormond Beach, uh, who thinks that she has the right to come onto private property. Uh, but anyway, uh, it, otherwise, it's a criminal case, but there's no middle ground. There's no civil infraction as a criminal trespass. So the process, the document itself was defective. It doesn't exist. Okay, 
Then service of process. Well, um, I was never actually served with the corrected, with any kind of complaint that was a criminal complaint. Can you imagine that? I went through almost two years of battling uh, in Allegan County courts to get that case dismissed. And one of the things that I filed on initially was the fact that they never served me. They never served me with a criminal complaint ever, ever. When they eventually added a second um, charge to the complaint and filed an amended complaint later on, a whole year later, they never served me with that either. I just happened to get a courtesy copy from the court, but the prosecution never served me, not once, with a criminal complaint. Isn't that crazy? Okay, so that is something that you can raise to get a motion to dismiss. Number two, this is my favorite one, lack of subject matter jurisdiction. What is subject matter jurisdiction? Well, don't worry, I'm not going to put you to sleep talking about that today, but you can definitely have some good uh, peaceful listening if you check out the, I don't know, two or three different full episodes that we've done throughout the last year and a half, specifically on subject matter jurisdiction. We've talked all about it. I have legal briefs on my website about it. In fact, you could type in subject matter jurisdiction right on our website. And you should be able to find um, some good stuff. Oh yeah, I guess it's tax day. Oh, um, Joe on Facebook is pointing out that it's uh, government extortion day. And it had me thinking, what in the world? Okay. So um, I'm so sorry, guys. I noticed there's some discussion going on and I wasn't taking it all in. Um, Our special guest is with us too. Ooh, okay. So um, let's see. I'm just making sure I didn't. Yes. Um, oh, Acura Amanda. Awesome. So she's in the chat today. Let me do this. Um, Lori, jump, please jump in if I'm missing anything. I'm going to throw you backstage and bring in our special guest today. Um, where did he go? Okay. Is it going to work on my end? There we go. I think it's working. Okay. Can you see and hear me, Foshin? I can. Yeah. Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. Your video um, is choppy, but it, it, it'll work. Um, the audio works. So, um, all right. And uh, guys, I just have to comment. Check out his background. I mean, that is uh, that is a pretty awesome background. I'm assuming you're at home now. I am. Yeah. 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 Back so, on uh, back on the compound. He has, you know, just a tiny little property here in Florida. Um, you know, good. Uh, let's see, eighty times larger than mine. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, Anyway, so don't get lost on your own property. All right. So, um, yeah. So basically, um, and I don't know. So Acura Amanda is here with us today. I'm not sure if, let's see if I'm going to get his name right. Uh, Palm Beach Free Press, maybe. Um, if he's it. going to join us today, but uh, in the chat anyway. But he is also someone that's uh, experienced some of these very things and uh, has to go to round two. But um, I'm going to finish talking about this motion to dismiss. And then we're going to kind of pause on that and then interject some cool real life stuff from uh, a case that actually saw some court action today and uh, all, all from freedom fighting. So let's see. Um, 
Okay. Um, I was checking out the chat, but let's see, getting back. So real quick. Um, so these are, these again, are the, the reasons that you can file a motion to dismiss. These are common reasons. Um, so after the subject matter jurisdiction, right, the court has just no jurisdiction over that kind of thing. Well, let me, I guess I glossed over that a little bit too much. What does it mean? The court literally doesn't have jurisdiction over something. So for example, oh, I don't know. Let's say that there is a case where an attorney is uh, arrested while representing somebody uh, and they're represented for a misdemeanor. In Michigan, there would be no subject matter jurisdiction because attorneys are public officers and a public officer cannot be arrested for anything other than one of three uh, exceptions, right? So um, treason and, and two other ones. Um, so basically uh, the court wouldn't have jurisdiction, but the court would never, I mean, prosecution would never try to, to prosecute somebody for uh, being an attorney, obviously not. Um, oh, oh, I know. Um, another uh, really good example would be, let's say a special magistrate at a code enforcement hearing was uh, trying to exercise jurisdiction over the property of a homeowner to the extent that they were going to allow the city to go onto the property tear up the homeowner's property physically, remove it, and then charge the homeowner for that. That would be an, a clear example of a lack of subject matter jurisdiction. Not that anything that insane or stupid would ever happen <laughs> in court, but that would be a good example. Okay, so um, next, a party asserting the claim lacks the legal capacity to sue. So you hear about standing, right? A lot of the 2020 cases were dismissed uh, for one reason or another relating to standing. Oh, the court said that they, you know, the party didn't have standing to challenge the election results here, or they didn't have the standing to challenge a, an executive order in this state or whatever. It's mostly garbage, but basically what it means is, um, let, let's say it's a contract, okay? It's, it's over a contract and you have some third party that is not, you know, has nothing to do with the contract. If Foshin and I have a contract and Lori decides she wants to sue one of us about the contract, generally speaking, she doesn't have the capacity to sue about that because it's not her contract, right? So she doesn't have the legal capacity to sue. Um, another one, um, they, there's already an action going, right? Foshin and I have a contract. He wants to enforce the contract and he's already filed some other kind of lawsuit about it. Now he's trying to file in a different county for the same case, he can't do that. Um, and then release, payment, prior judgment, immunity, statute of limitations, infancy. So basically, um, this is if, let's say somebody sued Emma because they don't like our privacy fence. Uh, she could have the, the case dismissed against her because she's nine years old. They can't sue her for um, any of her you know, property rights relating to this fence. Um, payment. If Foshin sued me for this fictitious contract we have, um, and he wanted me to follow through on this contract, um, if I was able to show, hey, you know, I already followed through, I already paid. Well, that would be a good reason to have the case dismissed, right? Or what if he waited too long? What if Foshin wanted to follow through on this contract that I violated, but I violated this contract 20 years ago? Almost every state would say, hey, 20 years is way too long to try to sue somebody for a broken contract. Sorry case is going to be dismissed. All right, so last three reasons why you can file a motion to dismiss. Um, this is one of the big ones. 
okay, that the opposing party has failed to state a claim upon which relief can be granted. I may have also used this in my Allegan County case, but basically there where the court or where the prosecution or the other side has a, case, uh, a claim, they're asking the court to do something that there can be no relief on that. Um, if you want some really clear examples that I can't come up with off the top of my head, um, check out my website where you see a bunch of briefs and how I use that and, and the other cases that I cite about that. Um, number nine in the Michigan court rules anyway, is that the opposing party has failed to state a claim, excuse me, to state a valid defense. Um, now that's not applicable in a criminal case because in the criminal case, if you are the defendant, you literally don't have to do anything other than show up. And even then they can have a trial in your absence. Not that you'd want that, but you could sit there totally silent the entire time. And it's still the prosecution's burden of proving every element of the offense in order to prove that you're guilty. So they can't bring this up. They can't say, oh, well, you failed to state a valid defense. No, that's only in a civil case. Um, all right. And then except as to the amount of damages, this would be in Michigan court rules 2.116 C10. This is one of my favorites as well, that there is no genuine issue of material fact and that the moving party is entitled to judgment as a matter of law. So for the arrest case that I had in 2020, this was one of the things that I argued because I said all along, we did not disagree about the facts. There was no dispute. They never said I was incorrect about where I was parked where the circulators were parked, uh, where I was, what I said, what they said, you know, all the facts were there. We agreed that the city clerk tried to tell me I wasn't allowed to be there. Yeah, she said it. She's a moron. She had no right to tell me that. So we disagreed about the law, not about the facts. And so anyway, that would be a motion to dismiss claims. So um, with the first three that we talked about, you have to file them right away, typically, Otherwise, they're waived. You can't bring it up again. So if the court doesn't have jurisdiction over you as a person, you have to bring that up right away. Otherwise, if you just keep going through the court case, then you can't bring that up later. They'll say, sorry, you basically accepted the fact that the court now has jurisdiction over you. Um, the process was issued, meaning the kind of case and the service of process, how or if you were even uh, served at all, um, that you have to bring those issues up um, right away. Subject matter jurisdiction, the big one, can be raised at any time. You can even not realize that there's no subject matter jurisdiction at the trial level and just bring it up on an appeal for the first time. It's like the only thing you could bring up on appeal for the first time, but that's something you could bring up at any time. Um, numbers five through seven, they, they have to be raised at some point in your response of pleading. So when you respond uh to what whenever you file a response of pleading they have to be raised then and then the last three that are those big ones we just talked about they can be filed at any time unless the court has issued some sort of deadline for dispositive motions any motions that can dispose of or throw out the case um or you know complete the case before a trial uh that if that time period what has been set by a judge and it is now passed then you can no longer file and then I threw in there some of the, um, you have Michigan court rule 2.116, uh, the federal rules of civil procedure 12B, Florida rules 1.160 and 1.140, uh, just as some rules to get you started with. But before we go any further with the motions, I wanna talk about motions stuff. Wow, that, I'm almost a poet. Um, so 
tell us, please, what was it? You, so you're all, I don't know if you guys can tell because I had the border around this here, but let me see if I can see if I can do something a little bit different here. Um, hmm, it's not going to cooperate. I'm not sure what just happened there. I just lost my ability to change the, uh, oh, I got to hide my, there we go. Oh, now I'm huge. Okay. Um, so, um, all right. And it got rid of everybody. What just happened? Okay. There we go. Sorry. My, my computer's freaking out. All right. So now I've made us all big and you guys can see how uh, much fancier Foshan is than I am. So Foshan, can you tell us why are you dressed up today? What was going on in Orlando? Oh no, I can't hear you. Hold on a second. Oh, you're not muted on my end. I don't know if there's something on your end, but I can't hear you at all. I cannot hear you. Um, I'm going to throw Lori in here. Hey, Lori, can you hear Foshan or is it just me? No, I can't hear him. Okay. We can't hear you at all, Foshan. We could. We. I was hearing the background sounds of where you are. Hopefully he's going to come I back. I think he'll pray, yeah. Okay, so in the meantime. Refresh the connection. There's at Plants, which if I'm remembering correctly, is way up in Houghton-Hancock area of Michigan. Um, I'm just going to say nana, nana, boo, boo. I have 70 and 80 degree weather. No, that's not nice. Um, <laughs> but thank you for joining us from Northern Michigan. Um, what was the question? How does one complete service on a motion to dismiss? So each state is different, um, as to how you serve a motion to dismiss. Um, for example, in Florida, there's, um, basically e-filing is the mandatory way of serving, uh, most documents in Michigan. Uh, the court rules, there's a couple different ways that you can do it. Um, but I believe while well, my case was pending during COVID and so there were temporary orders that basically forced um, even courts that weren't doing e-service and, and e-filing stuff yet to implement that at least in 2020 and 2021. And so uh, I, I just served the prosecutor by email. Um, but in your case that you, you have a civil case, um, if I'm remembering the right person to the right screen name, uh, you have a, a civil case. And so I would, um, you can physically have an adult 18 years or older serve them, uh, or you can, um, you might be able to e-serve them as well. It just depends on a, a couple of things. Uh, Foshan, can we hear you? Let me see. Can you hear me? Yes. Okay. All right, Lori, I'm going to put you in timeout again. Good. Okay. All right. So, um, glad to have you back in here. Okay. So today is Tuesday, April 18th and at nine or nine 30 today, you were at a party, right? Yeah, I was, uh, I was at a party. I was down at, uh, I think 400 West central, uh, Avenue in Orlando at, uh, I think it's, uh, it's, I'm not sure if it's district court or, or what, but I was at, uh, I was at the courthouse there. I, I think it is district court. Um, Federal district to, court. Yeah, to appear for my six, uh, my six citations. 
three for filming and three for uh, disobeying signage and disobeying authorized, you know, people advising me to, to stop filming. So, um, I sat down with the, sat down with the prosecutor and ironically the, the federal protection services agent that issued me the citations. Um, you know, she, she hadn't seen the case until, uh, I'm assuming she met with him. Um, so she, she wasn't real familiar with the actual CFR that I was being charged with. And, uh, she, what she said is she, she wanted to see if we could find a resolution, uh, today. And, uh, if we couldn't find a resolution today, um, that we would, uh, we would put it out, you know, 30 days and, and revisit it then. And, you know, I asked her what resolution looked like to her and, uh, and she kind of, uh, she asked me, you know, she asked me about the, about the charges. And that's kind of when I got into, um, uh, uh, my position on the matter, which is that I was following the letter of the law and, um, and I don't, you know, I, I don't, I don't think that the charges are just, and I, I, I'm certainly not going to plead guilty to, uh, to charges that, um, you know, to something that I didn't do. So, um, I think that she, uh, at the end of the conversation, she, uh, she said that she needed to look more into the issue, um, more into the CFR because, um, uh, I, you know, just from my, uh, my search, it doesn't look to be a, uh, a federal regulation that is, um, uh, that's, I'm not sure what the word I'm looking for is adjudicated. It's not a charge that they see often. Uh, so I, I don't think that she was familiar with the law. And I think she was probably buying herself some time to educate herself on the law. But, you know, it came down in in the conversation, at least, uh, to the fact that that I was... Uh, I was disobeying a security regulation or I was disobeying a, a security directive uh, regardless, um, regardless of the fact that I was, um, you know, I was, I was following the statute. I was, uh, filming in an area that it said I could film in, um, for the purposes that I said I was filming. So I don't know, you know, we'll, we'll see, <laughs> we'll see where this goes, but, um, you know, you go into a situation like this and you, you, you want to, you know, you want to have faith in the system, even though you know that there's there's little justice in the justice system, uh, which is, you know, it, it, it's disconcerting for for sure. So just I, I know I've talked about it a couple of times, but just for anybody who's new, although my streaming software is somehow saying that we have zero viewers which is ironic because we have people commenting. Uh, <laughs> I don't know how they're commenting without being viewers of the stream, but at any rate, uh, thanks to my software. Yay. Um, okay. So um, anyway, your what the case stems from is that you were at the Social Security Administration building, right? That's right. So I, I visited Social Security uh, in Deland, Florida. That was where the original incident was. 
and uh, I was trespassed from the from the building, and I was charged with uh, two CFR violations, 41 CFR 102-74.385 and .420. Uh, 420 is uh, regard in regard to filming and 0.385 is uh, disobeying instructions um, you know from authorized personnel so I, I I got two citations from from that visit and then I visited the Social Security in Kissimmee and I got another two at that location and then I visited the Social Security location in uh, Orlando and I got another two at that location now these weren't served to me at the time. Uh, these were all served to me at one time. Uh, I, I had an appointment with uh, the chief of police in Deland to have a conversation about the original trespass issued by his agency. And uh, instead of uh, sitting down with the chief that day, I was met with, uh, I was met by Federal Protective Services and issued these six citations. So that was pretty shady. Oh, I just had a bell go off that you, yeah, so you said something about going to the land and there was like a bait and switch and that's what you showed up for. And with all that's going on on my end, that never clicked for me that that's what you were talking about. So, wow, that is really shady. Yeah, which is ironic, you know, because, you know, had, had anybody just called me and said, hey, we've got some citations for you, I would have happily come and picked them up, you know, I mean. I, I, I'm not out here to, to break the law. I'm not out here to, to violate the law in any way. Um, and if, you know, obviously they think I have violated the law, but I mean, why do you have to do some shady shit like that? Just give me a call. I mean, these are things that could have been mailed to me. Yeah. You know, so this just looks like a big flex on, you know, let's show this guy uh, what we think of him. Yeah. Well, I mean, and to waste your time because for you to drive to Deland, I mean, that's, I don't know, is that 40 minutes? I have no idea. Well, yeah, no, it's a, it's a little closer, but your point's still valid. I mean, I don't want to waste my time doing, doing anything that, I mean, my time, my time's valuable. Um, so it, it was just shady that, you know, they're, they're going to set it up as some, you know, yeah, sure. Sit down with the chief. Let's have a conversation, you know, let's have a conversation about the law. And then it's just like, oh, joke's on you. Yep. <laughs> yeah, that's total garbage. So, so um, at any rate, at, at this point, to those of you who are, um, you know, curious about Foshin's case, he, and, and by the way, I don't know if Lori has had a chance to do it yet, but uh, if you're looking for information about him or the work that he does or why he was at the Social Security office in the first place, check out his YouTube channel. Uh, it's, this is a public service and, uh, you just have YouTube. You don't have like Facebook or anything like that for that. Right. Oh, uh, no, I've got Facebook. It's just, uh, much, much smaller. And kind of the, all of my content is on YouTube where the stuff on Facebook is kind of lagging and I'm, I, I set it up later. So I'm catching up with all that stuff, but, okay. uh, yeah, if you want to know what's going on, when it's going on, YouTube's the, the best uh, spot to find me. Okay, so, um, and let me tell you guys, um, Foshin is one of those guys that's a freedom fighter who's just in the corner of anybody who's on the side of justice. Because uh, a week ago, Monday, when we thought that the city of Ormond Beach was literally going to start coming and digging out our pavers and our shipping containers and our 
privacy fence because that's what they said they were going to do on April 10th. And I hadn't yet received an order in hand saying that the, the special magistrate orders were paused or stayed by the appellate judge. Um, Foshin's one of the people that showed up, like James Madison Audits and a couple of other, Geo and a couple of other people showed up to literally have a car parked on my pavers and in front of my fence and just be present to fight the tyranny face to face. And uh, so that was greatly appreciated. So that's, that's the kind of person we're talking with right now. This is not someone who just goes somewhere just to stir up trouble. This is someone who just likes to expose the truth and to make sure justice is being had for anybody in any situation. So um, at any rate, he's also uh, not an attorney. In fact, I don't know if I've ever asked you, what is your, um, your, I can't even think of the words. What are you by trade? Yeah, uh, I'm an entrepreneur. So I, I'm a small business owner. Um, we own a couple small businesses and that, uh, you know, that's, that's what I got going on. Okay. Well, I'll have to talk to you about that afterwards because who knows, maybe you have a small kind of business that I'd like to utilize for, for whatever it offers. So um, anyway, so you are not an attorney by trade. You're not, you know, in the legal profession. This isn't something that, this isn't your paid gig, so to speak. This is your passion to fight for freedom that led to this, uh, these charges. And so you are representing yourself though, right? That is true. Yeah. And uh, my understanding is that you, uh, at least in part, kind of came to that conclusion to represent yourself based on the conversation that Acura Amanda and I had about, I think it was about her charges that have finally been dismissed, uh, but that she received while she was out there doing First Amendment auditing types of work. And she made the famous comment about, hey, no one's going to advocate for yourself any better than you will. And so that whole discussion that we had kind of inspired you to fight for, for your own freedom and not rely on an attorney who might not have all the time or the resources or the passion to get it done right. Is that my kind of on the right yeah, track? Yeah, this is, this is also true. You know, I, I was probably looking at, you know, beginning at, you know, five to $10,000 just to get somebody to represent me in, in that forum. And, you know, I, I read law, it, you know, I, I try to understand what I'm getting into before I get into it. So I'm already doing some of this legwork. I'm already reading case law. I'm already doing some of these things. So hey, you know, don't when, ever when say you guys that said again. that. There's no case law. Okay. Exist. Precedent. Precedent. Should I say that? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Case precedent. Yes. Um, so when I, when I heard uh, Amanda say that, that, you know, it, it just kind of, it just kind of struck me and, you know, I had to analyze that, you know, I'm going to give this person the money and then what, I'm just going to be hands off. Am I, am I not going to be involved anymore? And you know, that was something that the, the prosecutor said today. Well, you know, when you get an attorney, you know, just give them that number that I gave you because we can't talk to you anymore. Well, you know, what the fuck is that? You know, I, you know, I want to know what's going on. So, um, you know, I, there, I think there's a, there's a saying that, you know, only you know, something about having a fool for a client, but I think there's probably, uh, there's probably more to that quote that, that everybody's missing. So. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I was told that myself that, you know, well, you don't, you, you know, anybody who represents themselves have a, has a fool for a client. I was told that many times, but I know damn well that there's not an attorney. There's literally not an attorney on the planet that I know of that was actually willing to read 
the motions that I had already filed, let alone, you know, to know the whole facts and do all the background so they could jump in and take over the case for me. So if they're not even willing to read it, let alone write it, how could they possibly have fought for me any better than I fought for me? Um, and so, and I, I know damn well that it wasn't that my motions were done wrong or that my interlocutory appeals were done wrong, why it took so long to finally get it dismissed. No, I had shitty judges uh, at the district court and circuit court and court of appeals that got assigned to my case who didn't give a shit about the constitution. So, you know, it's, it just, and I am an attorney, so it's a little bit, you know, um, you know, not the same in, in some senses, but it wasn't because I was representing myself. It wasn't that my stuff was denied. My requests were denied just because I was too, in, you know, involved in it or whatever. And that's what some, some people say about representing yourself. It, it does become hard. If you're too ingrained, you're too close to a case. Sometimes when you're putting stuff together, you leave out some of the obvious things that are obvious to you that might not be so obvious to the judge or the jury or something. And so, yeah, you need, you know, another pair of eyes, uh, at least one, um, to, uh, to help. Um, sorry, the Liberty cause is saying that the judge assigned in my case was a moron, all of them, because not a single one of them cared about the constitution, uh, or anything else for that reason. So, all right. Um, it looks like we had somehow had a bad link for you on YouTube, but it looks like Lori fixed it and was able to share the correct, link or something was going weird with your YouTube channel, but she was able to share something that worked for people. So, um, and a good citizen on YouTube says, I've been following Foshan on YouTube uh, on this is a public service for a long time. He is a first class act. Well, he's my friend. Oh, wait, sorry. No. Um, <laughs> So uh, yeah, we're we're truly blessed to have uh, you know have found friends like Foshin here. Uh, like I said, this is a public service is his uh, is his YouTube handle. Um, James Madison audits uh, um, the Liberty Cause. I'm struggling to think of people's handles and not their real names because some some of our freedom fighting friends have a day job that they they just like to keep the anonymity for for that purpose. But uh, accurate Amanda and uh, Palm Beach Free Press. I mean, good, really good, freedom-fighting, constitution-loving, uh, God-loving people that uh, we're very blessed to have as friends and fellow freedom fighters down here. And of course, not that I'm not that I'm uh, not having love for my Michigan freedom fighters and uh, people that are still up there working super hard, like Joe Moss leading the way. He's been in national news a few times now. Uh, he tells me he learned from the best. So I'd like to think that's not just uh, patting me on the back, but he really means that. Um, and um, uh, Rachel Atwood and, and a lot of other uh, friends that are still fighting the good fight up there. So um, at any rate, the I'm trying to figure out, um, let's see, what would be the best way? Um, yeah, basically, uh, Foshan, for you, I would think at this point, you might want to look into, and maybe you already did and you told me, and I'm just totally spacing it, like I've done way too much recently with all the stress going on. But um, if I were you, I would file some of those motions to dismiss. You could do them all together in one. You can do them, break them up separately if you really wanted to, if there's a procedural benefit to you. But um, there's some of those motions to dismiss that you might want to look into filing. Now, um, keep in mind, guys, uh, for Foshan, it was a federal building. So he's being charged in federal district court. 
Um, and so the federal rules of procedure apply. There's federal civil rules and federal criminal rules, and then the federal rules of evidence as well. So um, for his case, if he wanted to file a motion to dismiss or anything like that, he needs to be paying attention to the federal rules. Literally, you don't look at the state court rules at all when you're in federal court. So um, I actually sued uh, our city manager and uh, city council in personal and professional capacities back in 2015 uh, for violating my rights. And so uh, their attorney, their overpriced attorney paid with my tax dollars, moved it to federal district court where we were in front of a, a federal magistrate uh, judge as well, like you were today. Um, and that was a whole bunch of fun. So I do have motions that you could copy from at least um, to some degree. I mean, that was a civil suit I brought against them. But there's still some good, you know, some formatting and types of things that the federal rules uh, would mostly apply. And keep in mind, guys, if, okay, one more complication. Sometimes there's local amendments. So if you're in the uh, Western District of Michigan Federal District Court, because there's two courts, two federal district courts in Michigan, Western and Eastern, uh, I'm admitted to practice in both, but they each kind of have some um, local amendments to court rules at times. That can trip people up. So um, at any rate, just something to look in mind uh, or keep in mind, look out for. Um, but uh, Foshan, what do you think? Um, so I don't know if you, you probably weren't in yet and able to hear the five main motions that we were talking about today. We have a motion to dismiss, a motion to suppress, a motion for discovery, a motion to quash a subpoena or for a protective order, and a motion for a more definite statement. Now, I haven't even told everybody else what some of those really mean yet, so it's okay if, if uh, that's just a bunch of legal lingo that doesn't make sense to you at this point. But does any one of those kind of motions jump out at you as something that you want to explore or discuss or, or whatever in terms of what you're going through? Well, um, I, I think I'd probably have a question. So, I mean, to me, this just seems like a real clear cut, you know, I was following the letter of the law. So, you know, if somebody can still be charged for that, and they still have to go through all these processes it just seems ridiculous. Um, so, you know, I, I would think that one would be able to file a motion to dismiss. Um, but, you know, I, you know, I'm, I'm pretty green. So I'm not sure what, what you would say in something like that. Well, what exactly am I being charged with following, you know, following the law or, or what? So, you know, who knows? Yeah, so you might want to check out one of those, um, the different motions to dismiss. Um, I, I haven't read the specific codes or the things that relate to you. So um, at some point, uh, maybe you can have them printed off and we can just sit down over some, some lunch. I was going to say coffee, I don't drink coffee. But anyway, sit down over a root beer Zevia or something and, uh, and talk about it. But we can brainstorm um, the... Uh, yeah, there, there might, it might just be a lack of subject matter jurisdiction. Um, it might be uh, some sort of, you know, that's probably the best one, quite frankly, or it might be um, a lack of jurisdiction over, um, no, I would say the, it probably, it probably would be because you were at, you were physically present. So it wouldn't be that there was um, no jurisdiction over the person. You were present at the federal buildings. You would, you would say yes to that. So I would say it's probably one of the issues of a lack of subject matter jurisdiction um, or um, 
you know, one of the latter three that we talked about, um, which would be a failure to state a claim upon which relief can be granted or that there's no genuine is, and this one's probably a big one here. There's no genuine issue of material fact. Um, but the, the law alone says that you should win, that your case should be dismissed or whatever, that you had a right to be there, et cetera. Um, so those three, um, which are the three biggest ones that I used in, um, my Allegan County case. So yeah, I, I would think you'd want to do something like that. And the reason why I wanted to talk about this guys, um, during this and bring him on there is to give you guys a real life example and how you would think through how your case would apply to the court rules or vice versa. So you can think about, okay, what kind of motion could I file? When would I file it? Um, and so, like I mentioned with subject matter jurisdiction, you could bring that up at any time, but if I were Foshan, I would file it before the next hearing date. Um, and then the other two that we mentioned, failure to state a claim and uh, no genuine issue of material fact, those ones I would put in the same motion and file it before the 18th. Again, not that you would have to, you could file those right before trial, but uh, those would definitely, I mean, there'd be some benefit to, to filing it before the next hearing date. Um, and then... Um, yeah, I don't know what kind of discovery there might be, depending on the, the whole situation. Um, I'd have to see a lot more, you know, your videos on it and the, the documents that you have to see. But there might be information where you'd have to ask for specific discovery that goes beyond what they might automatically give you. Um, and, um, and maybe motion to suppress. Maybe they're going to try to introduce evidence that you disagree with. For example, for me, guys, in my, in my, now it wasn't a criminal case, but in my um, Ormond Beach, you know, supposed ordinance violation case, the code inspector was here on the property and physically trespassing on my property and taking pictures, which violates the Fourth Amendment, among other things, and, and then tried to introduce that, did introduce those pictures as evidence against me. And so I objected, uh, essentially, you know, I actually made it more as a motion at the beginning of, of the hearing, um, but he denied my motion. But basically, I was saying that she had been on the property. And so to the extent she was going to try to introduce any pictures later on about uh, that she had gotten while being on my property illegally, um, that I was asking the court to deny that and exclude those from evidence. Essentially, it's a motion uh, to suppress. Now, a motion to suppress is technically only available in a criminal case. Um, hey, Foshan, is yours, is it, is it actually a criminal case or is it more of a civil infraction? What, it, what yeah, is it? Yeah, so the way they actually described it today is that, you know, these are infractions, but she said that if we, you know, if we get past the next, the next court date or whatever, and I still choose to, you know, assert my rights, um, she said it, it's going to become a misdemeanor, um, punishable by, I think, uh, 180 days in jail and a $5,000 fine. Wait, back up. You said right now it's a civil infraction, but what turns it into a misdemeanor? Going for moving forward is, is the way that, uh, is the way that I understand. Uh, I couldn't obviously record it because they don't like recording there, but, um, right. yeah, How they, dare they made you it sound like it wasn't a misdemeanor yet. 
that is very strange. So basically, I wonder if it was, is that the prosecutor that was telling you that? Yes. So maybe what they were saying is at this stage that if you essentially like took a plea deal, it would be for a civil infraction, but that if you go to trial, they're actually pursuing criminal charges against you. Yes. Yeah. Oh, you okay. said it better than I did. So if that's the case, it's a criminal situation. So you could file a motion to suppress. The reason why I ask is because number two, guys, a uh, motion to suppress uh, or a motion in limine, two different things. A motion to suppress is a request that the court prohibit the introduction of illegally obtained evidence at a criminal trial. So that is something, first you have to determine if you have a criminal or civil trial. So that is something that Foshin would be having, would be a criminal trial in the future um, if it doesn't get resolved. And so he may very well want to um, move to suppress evidence if he feels any evidence that they have was obtained illegally. Um, do you think, I guess I don't know what evidence that they might have, but do you think um, there's any evidence that they obtained illegally? Yeah, I mean, the, the videos are, they're on YouTube, they're posted on YouTube. So I, I'm not disputing, I'm not disputing that I was there filming. You know, there's, there, there's no, yeah, I mean, those are the facts. Um, and, you know, as far as I'm concerned, it, you know, it, it follows the letter of the law. Okay. So yeah, probably it's not, it's not something that is relevant in every situation, but sometimes I didn't file a motion to suppress any evidence in, in my Allegan County case, um, which was an actual criminal case because we agreed just there too. We agreed on the facts. I, I, I put a map in my initial motion to dismiss uh, showing where I was in relation to where the front door of the polling precinct was. Cause the only law that really applied was that I couldn't be within a hundred feet of the in Michigan, it's 100 feet. Florida, it's 150. But I couldn't be in, uh, within 100 feet of the door of a polling precinct on Election Day. I was 229 feet away, so I was, I was way beyond what was required there. Um, but at any rate, we we all agreed on on you know those kinds of things. So anyway, it's just something you guys need to think about. Sometimes people know just enough to be dangerous and not enough to really be good with the information. And so a motion to suppress is sometimes helpful, but also keep in mind, it's generally not something that's used in a civil case either. Um, a motion limine though, is something that um, came up with um, uh, Palm Beach Free Press's case. I think it was last week. I think it was last Tuesday. Um, and uh, it was their motion was filed on Monday by the prosecutor. I don't know, Foshan, did you know about this? Have you and I talked about it? Or do you know, you know of um, Acura Amanda and um, Palm Beach Free Press, right? I do know what's going on, but I, I, we talked about it on Monday when we were at the house, but I, I don't know what's going on. Neither one of, you know, I, I don't uh, talk to Amanda out, outside of uh, commenting on her Facebook where we've never met. Oh, okay. Um, we'll have to get, have a get together soon. But uh, anyway, so they, um, they literally served him by email the day before trial and that his was for a criminal case. Again, First Amendment advocacy, all of this stuff. Um, what I was doing up in Allegan County, Michigan on Election Day 2020, what Foshan was doing uh, here in the state of Florida, what Acura Amanda was doing in the state of Florida, what uh, Palm Beach Free Press was doing here in the state of Florida, all First Amendment adv advocacy no actual crimes were committed by any of us. But at any rate, um, 
So in his case, uh, they filed a motion uh, in limine and served it on him the day before his trial. They couldn't get their shit together any faster than that. And then I want to say it was something like 30 different um, paragraphs. They wanted to exclude, maybe it was more, but it, it was insane. But it, it, roughly 30 different things that they wanted to prohibit him from doing. Now, what's the difference between a motion to suppress and a motion in limine? And this is something, Potion, that you might <clears throat> want to know too, because who knows what games the prosecutors are going to play in your case. Um, but what a motion in limine is, it's a pre-trial, so before the trial, or apparently with them the day before trial request, that certain inadmissible evidence cannot even be referred to or even offered at trial. So they're saying you can't even bring it up during the trial to, to try to introduce it as evidence. Um, and typically, uh, Black's Law Dictionary explains, uh, typically the party makes the motion when it believes that, um, in fact, I forgot, I didn't have my slideshow, so give me a second here, guys, sorry about that. Um, okay, so uh, typically the party makes the motion when it believes that the mere mention of, of evidence during trial would be highly prejudicial. If such evidence is mentioned, the judge may order a mistrial. Okay, so here's the thing. In in their case, what they were asking in, in, in um, Palm Beach Free Press, in his case, what they were saying is he can't talk about his character. He can't talk about, they were asking the, the judge to, to grant this motion in limine, saying he can't introduce evidence about any prior wrongdoing from the police department or any investigations, IA investigations that are going on about this these kind of arrests or the, their abuse of power he can't introduce evidence about his character or you know basically the the fact that he thought he had the legal authority to be there and do what he was doing they literally wanted to exclude him from pre really presenting any kind of defense whatsoever and actually i guess that did happen in my case although it was just a verbal motion made and no follow-through in writing but in july of 2021 uh, we had a hearing by Zoom uh, in my criminal case where the prosecution was literally saying they wanted me prohibited from bringing up any uh, legal defense whatsoever, even though for a case of trespassing, they have to prove that I didn't have the authority to do it. And if I ha thought I had the legal authority to be on the property, then legally, um, they cannot charge me with a criminal trespassing. That's the same in any state, but certainly in Michigan. And so, duh, it's part of the defense. And the judge agreed with them and granted their motion at that time. That was a whole year before we actually ended up getting to our, our final trial date. But they did it, you know, four days before the trial date we were set for in July of 2021, where they were trying to stop me from introducing any evidence at trial at all or mentioning anything in front of the jury that talked about any of the constitution or the laws that allowed me to physically be present on government property at a township hall on election day uh, outside in the parking lot. Um, and so that's just insane. And what they were doing to him was insane. So. Um, this is what they're doing to. This is what they're doing to Rogue uh, Rogue Nation. I had breakfast with him this morning. Has he has a court case up in uh, Georgia next uh, next Monday? He has his trial, and he's. Uh, I, I'm assuming they filed that motion that you're discussing because he can't mention the First Amendment. He can't mention the freedom of press, and 
I mean, the, that's the foundation of the activism. That's the, the purpose of him being there. You know, yeah. it, it's just, it, you know, for, for a person that doesn't have a legal background, you look at this stuff and you say, well, I mean, with these people don't have common sense. What the hell is going on? Exactly. Is he representing himself? No, he's got an attorney up there, but he's facing one to five years, you know, for, for filming on public property. You know, he was outside. And please tell me that his attorney has um, fought, actually officially on the record, fought for his right to be able to introduce the testimony and evidence about the First Amendment and freedom of the press and all that. Well, I, I don't know the answer to that. I, I would certainly oh. hope so. Um, I'll, I'll refer him to uh, minute 104 of this and, and see if he's got any insight. But um, you know, he, he has, you know, obviously it's, this is nerve wracking, right? But he, he and his attorney seem to be optimistic about things now. I mean, optimistic's a hell of a thing, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, definitely uh, he needs to be careful. I mean, I, I'm not saying, I don't know anything about his attorneys. I don't know if it's a good attorney, bad attorney or otherwise, but um, he needs to make sure that a proper record is, is laid because um, I'm gonna point out here, even an emotion um, in limine, let's say it's um, they're trying to stop him from introducing evidence. Okay, so it's it's basically the state's motion in limine against him. But let's say even if it was the other way around, it was his motion that there was some sort of inadmissible evidence that was being offered. Um, what the what Black's Law Dictionary wants you guys all to know is that even if you have a judge that ordered, yep, okay, so the other side can't introduce this evidence at trial, they can't even bring it up. If the person does introduce it, the prosecution or whatever does introduce or even talks about that evidence that they weren't supposed to, um, then the party, you know, he would still need to object on the record during the trial to make sure he's preserving that issue for appeal. He can't just rely on something that was already supposedly handled um, pre-trial. So it's all about CYA. Those better be your three uh new middle initials <laughs> uh your new middle name if you are representing yourself in any way it's cover your ass i mean and quite frankly even if you're not in court and if you never make it to court really uh covering your butt in these situations in any situation i mean i, I just bought a new used car and it was all cya and how they are handling things i mean i won't even i don't even want one of the dumbass things they did is they brought my car down here they drove it down from jacksonville without a freaking license plate on it they stole my license plate it's at the dealer up in jacksonville so anyway it's all cya <laughs> um, but uh, anyway two, those are two different things same kind of concept motion to suppress motion and limiting motion and limiting can be filed by e either party and you can file it in a criminal case or a civil case um and we had some comments that were on the screen earlier that Lori was putting up and I didn't mean to ignore those, but my contacts are really freaking out right now. They're super blurry. I don't know if it's my allergies or what's going on, but I can't read crap. I'm barely able to read my, my slideshow, which is the lettering is ridiculously large, but I certainly can't read the comments that is way too tiny. Um, so I'm sorry about that. If there's something I needed to address um, that I haven't yet, then maybe Lori or even Foshin will uh, yell at me to, to do that. Um, Something you might want to do, Foshin, so I'm going to talk about this really quick. Um, a motion for discovery or a motion to compel. 
Now, a motion for discovery, that's an obvious one. It's to, you're asking the court to order the other side to give you evidence, right? To give you discovery, to answer questions. There's different kinds of things that discovery could be. It could be um, interrogatories. That's where you have a, a written list of questions that the other side has to um, provide answer, written answers back. Um, it could be a deposition where, you know, let's say Foshan wanted to um, depose the, um, um, uh, I can't even think of a federal, anyway, let's say my case, if I wanted to depose the, um, uh, code enforcement officer who showed up to my property that day and, uh, ask her questions, it's on the record. It's not at a hearing, it's at a deposition, but there's a court reporter, there's a transcript. Uh, and, and so those are things, um, you know, that's a tool that could be used. Um, it could be getting actual physical, tangible evidence, pictures, police reports, video recordings, voice recordings, um, 911 calls, uh, um, you know, any kind of anything like that, any kind of documentation, dash cams, all of that. Uh, and if you guys, if any of you listening right now is in a situation where you're representing yourselves and you need to file a motion for discovery, you guys can check out my website and type in the word discovery and you should be able to pull up the motions uh, that I, I filed uh, my request for discovery in Michigan. Uh, there's a new court rule that uh, makes it a little bit easier on misdemeanor defendants to request discovery. So you still have to request it in those cases, but if the prosecution doesn't comply, then you can file a motion to compel. So like I just mentioned there, in a motion for a motion for discovery may not be needed if certain court rules or your state law requires the other side to automatically disclose certain information. But you almost always don't want to rely on that. You want to ask for any additional information that might be needed. Uh, and if the other side is not producing the evidence or answering your questions as you think they're supposed to, file a motion to compel that discovery. Uh, that can be used in civil cases, criminal cases, wherever the opposing party has failed to provide either required or requested discovery. I did put in the court rules. And again, as always, the Constitution segment recap, you'll be able to see these slides and be able to see the court rules later. But Michigan court rules 6.201 and 2.313 would be the criminal and civil versions. Uh, the Florida court rule 1.280 has some information on, on that as well, but just some examples. Um, so yeah, and, and so with you, uh, in your case, Foshan, I guess I'm, I'm just trying to think, I don't think any of that would be relevant to you. I mean, I would still request I would do a blanket um, form letter type of request for discovery to make sure you know anything and everything that they have, you know, so you're getting copies of their uh, police reports, you're getting copies of any of their security cam footage or whatever, you know, statements or what, whatever their, their evidence is that they have, even if they don't plan to introduce it at trial, if I were you, I would want to request that right away. So yeah, I guess I would do that. And if no matter what case you have, I would request discovery. So even in yours, I would do that. Um, okay. I'm giving you lots of homework today. You're like, crap. I thought I was just going to talk about the photo <laughs> earlier. Now she's giving me homework. Um, but I, I, would, I, I would definitely do that the more I think about it. Motion. Um, so a motion to dismiss based on a variety of things um, and uh, a motion to uh, a motion for discovery would be helpful. Um, now, uh, two last uh, items here, a motion to quash a subpoena. Most of you could probably figure out what this is. That's literally, you're asking the court to um, st 
stop or undo a subpoena. So in my case, for example, last summer, uh, to prepare for my trial, I subpoenaed several witnesses for my criminal trial. One of them was the prosecutor herself, the chief elected prosecutor in Allegan County. Another one was Allegan County Sheriff, elected sheriff himself. Why? Because the prosecutor was referenced by the deputies before they arrested me that she had been involved with the situation and had given them permission to arrest me illegally. And uh, the sheriff was involved. And not only was the sheriff of Barry County that I was on the phone with uh, at the time that the situation started, so I was on the phone with the sheriff of Barry County. He ended up calling the sheriff of Allegan County at this, you know, while this is all going on. Not only did that happen, but when I was in handcuffs, already bleeding and bloody and bruised and beat up, uh, the deputy decided to offer for me to talk directly to the sheriff if I wanted to. And so he, I took him up on it, and then he was all ticked off. That I said that. <laughs> Uh, so I don't know what the what it was about that, but apparently the sheriff decided he would, you know, he wanted to smooth things over. I'm not sure. Um, I don't know how charging me then and having the case drag on for two years is smoothing things over. But so the deputy calls him up on his cell phone and has me talk to the sheriff uh, while I'm still in handcuffs um, on over speakerphone. And so yeah, he was directly involved. I was going to subpoena his ass every single time we had trial so i did uh anyway the last minute the um the prosecution decided that they wanted to try to quash they filed a motion to quash those two subpoenas and they claimed all kinds of garbage and all that and all, those motions are on my website too um in the allegan county case uh, portion of the website but anyway it was a bunch of bs and of course i filed a response uh, to that, but you can see an example of what a motion and a response to one of those motions looks like. Um, so the other side of that, though, a motion for a protective order. Um, there's a case that, um, Foshan, I don't know if you're investigating this one too or not, or if it's just James Madison audits, but there's a case of where two cops in, I think it's Daytona Beach Shores, uh, very close to here anyway, put their three-year-old child, their own child, in handcuffs in a jail cell and uh he's trying to do some first amendment due diligence and investigate what's going on and share the information with the public about this case and they went and got a judge actually i think it's the same judge that i have assigned to my case for ormond beach believe it or not but they got a judge to sign a protective order so that no one the public cannot have access to the the any of the records, I guess, in, in the case, which is very strange. Um, so anyway, that's one example of how a protective order might be obtained or what it's used for. Um, but uh, anyway, it's a request for the court to protect a party from potentially abusive action by the other side. Now, one example is like if you have trade secrets and you know it's a contract case or something you don't want the other side to be able to use those trade secrets and, and throw all your secret information that you've worked so hard for in the public purview or to benefit themselves from that information um but another i asked for a protective order in my case when i sued the city manager in her personal and professional capacities um uh in 2015 because they were asking for my medical records, my personal medical records. And so I was objecting to even having to produce that 
And if I did have to produce it, I was asking the court to issue a protective order that they couldn't share that information anywhere or use it basically for any purpose whatsoever. Um, so those are examples of a protective order. I don't think that's going to be relevant in your case, Foshin, but um, it is something that's, um, that's out there. Um, and your picture on my end froze, and it's a very interesting pose <laughs> that you froze on, but hopefully it'll come back. I think I can hear you, but... I'm still here, yeah. Okay, good. I can hear you, but you're just visually, you're stuck in... in... Okay, there you are. That's normal. Um, <laughs> and uh, the last motion, uh, this again, civil or criminal, a motion for a more definite statement. So what could this be? This is actually something that Foshin might want to employ himself. Um, and who knows, Rogue Nation might benefit from this. Um, I think potentially um, Palm Beach Free Press could could benefit from this. So uh, Mr. Liberty Cause, if I'm not sure if, if Acura Amanda is still on or not, but if you or Lori could reach out to her or directly to Palm Beach Free Press, tell uh, him to check into uh, filing a motion for a more definite statement um, before his next trial. Um, but anyway, for you, Foshin, um, it would be, I think, very relevant too. And what it is, is it's a request that the court require the other side to amend a vague or ambiguous pleading to which you cannot be reasonably required to respond. So in other words, there's some sort of, let's say there's a complaint filed, you know, criminal or civil complaint filed against you. And something about it is just so vague. You're like, what the heck am I actually being charged with? What, is, what exactly is it that I'm charged with doing. Um, it's a motion for a more definite statement that I think, and I did look at um, Palm Beach Free Press's, I want to say it's a four page complaint-ish. It's weird how they did it. But uh, I would, I think he would benefit from filing one of those motions. And for you, Foshin, I haven't seen the actual documents yet, but you might benefit from that because maybe it would force the prosecutor to go through the motions of identifying exactly what it is and then essentially what the elements are okay. uh, that they would have to prove and maybe if you get lucky enough they would then realize oh yeah i guess this isn't something that we can charge him with um or we have to you know get rid of one of the two kinds of charges you have or something like that there could be some benefit to that aside from just getting a better understanding of what it is that they're they're coming after you for not that you can't read the federal regulations but it just might help narrow things down or clarify it in terms of what do they have to prove to the court or to the jury in order for you to be found guilty what, is, what exactly are they asking for yeah clarity is certainly lacking coming from that side so um i mean if there's a more clarifying way that i need to understand this well you know tell me you know, I, I can't even I can't even remember or tell you how many times I've said something to that effect to every person, you know, along this process, whether it be the FPS agent or any one of the, the land officers or any one of the Orlando SSA people and, and the Social Security person that showed up at the land police department, um, you know, she she didn't want to hear it. You know, I, I asked her if she wanted to have a conversation about these GSA rules that are on the wall and she wasn't interested. Wait a minute. A government official that's supposedly trying to have the law enforced didn't even want to talk about what the law, the letter of the law said. 
no, that doesn't happen. <laughs> oh, wait, I've got video of me saying that as well, too. Yeah, I might <laughs> as long as you talk with, give me five minutes to talk about what the law actually says. Um, nope, we'll violently arrest you instead and threaten to take your kid. Jeez. Um, I guess you're smart enough not to have your little people traveling along with you when you're, <laughs> um, but when, hey, when it was during COVID and everything was shut down and I homeschool, like what, you know, there's not a lot of choice there. So um, I'm going to update this guys, but um, I, there's going to be a slide in here that you guys will see on Thursday in the constitution segment recap that just has the links for, um, I'll have the resources page totally, you know, like the court documents page on my website. Um, which is under resources. Um, but I'll also give you the specific link to the Ormond Beach case and then to the Allegan County case where those two are where most of the documents are. But uh, like I've been mentioning that case against the city manager of the city of Belding back in 2015 or so, um, that was against Meg Mullendore. Um, a lot of the documents are K-H-V-M-M. Uh, anyway, those are uh, some of those documents are on there as well. And I'll continue putting more and more documents in my free time. Um, but it's all, it's all meant to be, it's all been in the public purview at some point. I shared it on my Facebook page or I shared it somewhere online at some point. Um, and if you guys are interested in helping it, my continued fight, I did, oh shoot. Yeah. I got to pay the transcriptionist today cause she got it done yesterday or, or I think it was late Sunday night. She let me know that the transcript was done. And so I got to fork out, you know, some thousands of dollars to, uh, to pay her for, for that. Um, yeah, so if you guys want to help me in my case with that, please check out that give, send, go link. It's give, send, go slash save Henry home, or you can go to my website, restorefreedomkh.com to support us that way. Um, you can also just donate to the general freedom fighting work that we're doing by going to restorefreedomkh.com slash donate. Uh, otherwise, um, Ocean, do you have a, uh, um, I guess I've never talked with you about some of these things. I don't know if you're independently wealthy or if you have uh, uh, any kind of gifts and go or donation link set up so that if people wanted to support you. Uh, I do. Well, uh, there's, there's no, I'm not independently wealthy. And uh, <laughs> I, I've got some links on my YouTube page, but uh, you know, okay. one's a PayPal link and one's, a, I think, a cash app link. But uh, okay. Yeah, so that's you guys it. I'd, yeah, I'd, I'd be more interested in liking, sharing, or subscribing to my to my content to get it out in front of more people. That I think that would be much more valuable to to me. Okay, well, and that's I mean, really, with everything, um, I would encourage each of you that are watching now or catching this later on a. Uh, uh, I can't even talk today, uh, podcasting software or whatever uh, device that uh, you hit that like button, hit the subscribe button, notification buttons uh, to everything that This is a Public Service is doing on YouTube and Facebook uh, to our channels and what we're doing on YouTube, Facebook, Telegram, Twitter, LinkedIn, uh, Instagram, Pinterest. If it's out there, we've got it. Um, so, you know, please like, share, subscribe, all that fun stuff and donate when and where you're able to. If you only have $5, that's all you can, that you could donate in that moment. Please, please consider donating the $5 because, uh, we are also not independently wealthy. In fact, I've gotten no money in other than donations for the last three years because I've only done freedom fighting work for the last three years. So, um, 
And uh, before I forget, if you guys want more information, uh, like Foshan said, check out his YouTube channel. He's got a lot of information, not just the links for his PayPal and Cash App, but you know other videos and information that he puts out there. And he's starting to get more and more on his Facebook page. Do you have a website as well? I do, but it's not uh, live. Oh, okay. It's thisisapublicservice.com. Oh, okay. So at some point, check out thisisapublicservice.com. Um, and uh, otherwise, uh, check out uh, our Wednesday Way to Get Involved Challenge that we will share with you tomorrow on our website and social media. Our Constitution segment, uh, 10 minute or less video. I've recently been told uh, that TikTok now is no longer limited to 10 minutes uh, for video uploads. And some of the other platforms are a little bit longer as well. So we may even go up to 15 minutes, but probably not on this topic. At any rate, so those Constitution segment recap videos uh, have the the link for the slideshow and then i go through the slideshow in the video as well so you have kind of double whammy access to that um on thursday we have freedom fighting tools that we will share with you on friday and um you know there are always tools that are helpful at least three tools that we want to share with you that will help you along in your own freedom fight so make sure to check those out um Foshin, is there anything that you think people need to know that we didn't talk about today or any follow-up questions, I guess, about any of these kinds of motions or things that I can answer for you that other people might benefit from as well? Can motions that have been denied be used in your appeals? Oh, yes. Um, so in case you guys didn't catch that, the question was, can motions that were denied be used in a later appeal? Yes. Uh, so for example, my um, in my Allegan County case in uh I think by the time they actually let me file it, because they denied me filing my motion to dismiss, if you could believe that, uh, I was actually able to finally file it in January of 2021, filed that motion to dismiss. February 4th, we had the hearing and the judge denied it. I want to say it's a four page order. It was very, you know, with like double space, whatever. Um, it's very short, but basically he said, I didn't have a right to file a motion to dismiss, that you can only do that mm -hmm. in civil cases. That's what he said, that in a criminal case, especially misdemeanors, you don't have a right to file a motion to dismiss. Dumbass. Yeah. Um, and so he that was the basis that he did not, he didn't talk about any of the law that I brought up. Uh, he didn't say I was wrong about that. He literally said I didn't have a right to file the motion. So he, two things with that. I ended up filing a series of interlocutory appeals, meaning appeals before the criminal trial ever even happened. And I brought up that very thing that he denied my ability to file the motion and then basically re-argued the motion in front of the appellate court. Um, but number two, I ended up filing, oh, let's say six different motions in, I want to say it was May of last year, because remember, my case wasn't even dismissed until just last July, July 7th. So I want to say it was May of last year. I filed, say, roughly six different motions. One motion by itself was for declaratory relief, where I'm asking the court to simply declare that it's true, that I have the right to file a motion to dismiss. I filed that as its own motion. And mm. then I filed a motion to dismiss based on um lack of subject matter jurisdiction uh i had you know I file a motion to dismiss based on some procedural defects like the fact that we had then been set for eight uh trial dates and so they were denying my right to speedy trial and you know so there's several things so i filed several different motions to 
uh, dismissed. So I even filed in my criminal case, I filed the same topics of motion to dismiss more than once. And the prosecution tried to get me stopped right then and there and say, we already talked about this. And I said, yeah, actually the judge didn't even rule on the motion other than to say, I don't have the right to bring up the motion. Interesting thing is we had ended up having a motion hearing on that in person on July 7th, 2021, uh, 2022. And uh, the judge never ruled on my motion saying, declaring that I do in fact have the right to file a motion to dismiss. He jumped over that and instead started hearing my motion to dismiss itself. So <laughs> I thought that was funny that he was basically trying to skirt the fact that he got it wrong before but um anyway uh oh i just see 2aedu thank you so much for the five dollar donation on youtube and for the um statement to keep up the good work we appreciate all the work that you do if you guys don't know anything about 2aedu on youtube check his channel out he is awesome on youtube he talks about stuff in michigan but also happening all across the country in fact i want to say it might have been Oh, I don't know. Some other um, Western state that he recently was doing some sort of poster video about recently that I was it was good to know about. And if you plan on ever traveling anywhere, you really need to know what the firearms laws and regulations are from state to state, because even though they all violate the Second Amendment of the U.S. Constitution and typically your state constitution as well, you still need to know what's coming if law enforcement tries to pull you over or arrest you or whatever in some other state, because um, it'll be even harder to fight it if it's not even your own state. So, um, okay. So I am not sure if there's anything else. Um, was it, did you have any other questions or did I get them all for you, Foshan? That was, that was actually, uh, one of the, one of the comments. So, um, Oh, was it? Okay. Yeah. Wow. Fine. Then, I'm sure, I'm sure I'm going to have questions, Catherine. I'm, I'm positive <laughs> about that. I, I, I just don't have them uh, right now. All right. So, and uh, we will give you guys updates on uh, some procedural things. For example, we've decided we might look into whether an attorney can be admitted to practice in federal district court in Florida without being first licensed in the Florida State Bar Association. Um, so if we find that out, then things may be uh, rolling in that direction at some point. Otherwise, Foshan's legal team is going to be full of some really smart, capable, um, educated citizens who love the constitution, who might not necessarily be Florida licensed attorneys. So and I'm very fortunate for it. So thank you very much. And we're talking about this, uh, um, the Liberty cause and all the smart things that he has to No, I'm just kidding. I'm sure he'll be part of the team too. But <laughs> anyway, um, so uh, anyway, it's it's just, it's fun, even though it's stressful that we're all going through, oh, my contact is jumping around in my eye. No, that's awesome. Um, anyway, uh, have you heard of that commercial? It's some sort of, I don't know if, oh, I think it's a LASIK commercial. Um, and the lady's like, oh, you know, I love it when my contact starts rolling around in my eye. It's like a gross game of hide and seek. Have you ever heard that commercial? No. Oh, it's so funny. And my husband thinks it's, and I'm like, no, that's what it feels like. I've had a contact literally like rolling around in my eye for weeks before and come out in pieces. And I did nothing. It's not like I was rubbing my eye. It just decided to rip apart in my eye. So anyway, so fun that that happened to me at the end as we're wrapping up. This episode. But um, all right. So 
Uh, I have no idea what we were talking about, but thank you all for your support and joining us today. And uh, check out all the information that Potion has for you, that I have for you, and uh, anything that we have on our website as well. So um, we look forward to seeing uh, all of you on uh, throughout our week's segments that we have, and certainly next Tuesday. Oh, you know, one last question that I have for you, Foshan, is, um, oh, shoot, I can't live stream it. Um, what is your hearing set for for next month? Is it just set as a pretrial, or what is it set for? They they actually didn't didn't tell me that. They told me that I would get some. I'd get notice in the mail. They just gave me the the date and the uh, and the time. Okay, so let's follow up on that um, because what I'm thinking is maybe what we'll do that day is another Tuesday. I hate that they do these trials on Tuesdays because then I can't make it to anybody's crap. But anyway, um, that that should probably just, if it's just continuing the hearing out, that it might just be another pre-trial conference or something like that. In that case, um, it's it's not likely, I don't think that you'd have to be there, you know, past noon. But why don't we take a look at that? Because maybe what we do, if I can have the opportunity to um, meet you, in New Smyrna and drive over to Orlando with you, go to the hearing, then maybe we could do like a, a, a debriefing with people at noon. Uh, so it's, we get some, unfortunately we won't have any live coverage or, you know, video recording of things ourselves, but anyway, just to talk. Well, we, we can follow a motion, right? Well, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, you can always <laughs> file a motion. So maybe we file a motion, hey, we should get the Liberty cause to come uh, as press and uh, and cover it from that angle for us. So then I can focus on the legal side of things and, um, and we can work as a team and, and figure out how to not only help you, but then use that case or that hearing to educate other people that might be going through similar stuff. So I love it when a plan comes together. All right, sounds awesome. <laughs> Well, uh, thank you for joining me today. And thank uh, you, Catherine, sincerely. Yeah, anytime. Um, and I look forward to being in person for, for helping and supporting you uh, in May with that. And oh, guys, uh, I don't know if I told you, Foshan, or if I told any of you, but I actually have a hearing on my pavers case. Um, we have an in-person hearing. Get this, I get a whole 15 minutes of a hearing. Uh, not even uh, do I get 15 minutes. My whole hearing is going to last supposedly only 15 minutes. So maybe that gives me five and the press or, you know, the city five and the judge five minutes to talk. I don't know. At any rate, um, in person hearing, they did make accommodations. My reasonable request for accommodations to be in person and not by zoom. And that I think is May 12th. Uh, I want to say it's a Thursday or Friday. Um, but it'll be in Daytona at the circuit courthouse in Daytona. And I'll get information shortly about that. But, uh, and of course, we'll have to pay to have the court reporter there and all that, you know, transcribing and stuff. So guys, please consider donating if you haven't or donating more if you're able to. But uh, anyway, so to Foshan and the Liberty Cause and everybody else out there, in case you want to show up to this hearing to see what it's all going to be about, see some magic happen. It won't take very much of your time, I don't think, if it's only set for a 15-minute hearing, but May 12th. I'll be posting the time and everything later. And it'll also be on our advocacy calendar that you can check out on our website as well. So, um, all right. Well, thanks everyone. I hope you all have a wonderful day.